Cuphead and all hope listeners, you're listening to Radio Grognard, the OSR podcast about stuff with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hi, folks. Old Man Grognard here on a Wednesday, and it looks like it's going to be a sunny Wednesday, so that's good. I hope you're all doing well. Let's see. What do I got? No more line study rehearsal. The usual stuff, you know. I've got a few uh, thing or two in the mail. I got my Thunder Rift copy that I've been waiting for. Finally, a copy with the map. I have a printout on my shelf from the PDF and a binder. And I also have another copy without the cover and without the map. I got somewhere. I don't know. remember, remember where. I think somebody just handed it to me. But now I've got it with the cover and the map, so I'm kind of happy with that. Thunder Rift, to me, is an underrated campaign world because it's a micro-campaign world. I understand that. You just plunk it in your world somewhere. So I understand that, but the thing is, I think it could be so much more. They have a series of modules that happen in Thunder Rift, and some of them are damn good. So I keep thinking, you know, I could do more with it. I could probably put a whole campaign in here because the whole shtick on Thunder Rift is this is a campaign. So this is a, a world within a world type thing because it's in a rift that's impassable except for like one or two places. And usually the only safe path, there's only one safe passage and the other two are kind of dangerous. Blah, 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 blah. First thing I do is blew that out of the water. And it's like, why can't people just come and go in here? I don't understand. It's a nice it's a nice place to be. I know, you know, things may happen, but that's the whole point of adventure anyway. I really think it should be more accessible to the rest of the world because I just I'd like to it that way you can expect that way people don't have to seems like when DMs use Thunder Rift, it's like, okay, we're gonna game for like two, three games and then get them out into the other part of the world. Well, that's fine. You can have ventures in the other part of the world, but you know, you don't have to keep, why are you so, why are they so adamant on getting them out? Okay. It's a big, it's a beginner campaign, but at the same time, you can expand this thing. Heck, it's got, it's got a, it's got a hole to hollow world in it. If you want to go that way, it's got this, what looks like a, just a, a hole or a crack or whatever that just goes on. It's like bottomless. But once you get to the bottom, you're in the hollow world. So that's something. It's, I mean, it's got like one of everything that you'd want. I mean, they talk about Mastar being a pastiche world. I mean, this could be a pastiche campaign, you know, area. But at the same time, and they don't have any big cities. They do have, I think they do have one big city, but it's a, a city with a small C. So they talk about how it's harder to get certain items and things like that. Well, you can get them there. But the point is, if you have trade going back and forth through and into and out of Thunder Rift and things like that, there's no reason why you can't use this in conjunction with the world. Because it's like, get them out of Thunder Rift, get them into the world, and then forget about Thunder Rift. No, 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 no. No, you got to use it with it. Yeah. Anyway, I got that in the mail. That's what I was talking about. <laughs> that sort of got off of a Thunder Rift rant there because I do like the setting. What I wanted to talk about originally was convention stuff 
about setting up your 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 game if you're running a game at a game or games at the convention first of all how to list it in the program on the website whatever and secondly try to find a a compatible time i know you don't always have that choice but we'll get into that in a minute how to write up a how to write up a con description is a bit of an art and i haven't really mastered it but i've got enough where people want to play my game which is good I you, I only go to North Texas RPG Con now, so I have how I write them up here, or rather their form their their format on how they write them up, which can apply to a, practically every any convention, I think. So first thing you want to do is you decided what you want to run, what system it is, what what the basic plot is, etc. 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 What system you're gonna use, things like that. Okay, first thing you want to start is the... Okay, I'm just going to go through it here. Either game title, game system, number of players, pre-gen, slash levels of characters, and world slash setting, then the game info. Okay, first thing, title. Of course, you're going to have to think up a title for it. Most people say, oh, it's just that game I ran in uh, the on the docks over there. That can, Now, you need a title for it. So I came up with... I decided I'm going to run a mutant future game. And I wanted it to take place down in the Louisiana area. So I entitled it, Son of a Gun, Gonna Have Big Fun on the Bayou. Next is game system, Mutant Future in this case. Number of players, that's important. How many players can you handle? And you, what you, do, what you have to do is you have to give some, like, elbow room there. Got to give you some elbow room because if you put down six players... I can only handle six players. And you're in your mind. I can only handle six players. Well, you're going to have people walking up saying, hey, can I get in the game? And if you're a softie like me, and say, yeah, come on. Just, you know, things like that. And, or you're going to have people who just either blow off the game or they can't make it or something like that. So you're going to be short, too. So I usually put a range in mine, a very small range. Like mine says number of players, four to five. Okay, I know how North Texas works. They have things called golden tickets and other things where people can actually buy because they don't. Their games are free. They, you don't. You don't have to pay for them, but you can buy a ticket that guarantees you a space in any game you want. I'm sure there's a little more to it than that, but that's how I understand it. So you gotta you gotta kind of like leave it a little loosey goosey. Figure out how many people you can handle at max. And then put down maybe one less or two less because you know you're either going to have walk-ups or, and the reason you put the range is because you may have people drop. So, you know, it's going to happen. Next one is pre-gens slash level of characters. Pre-gens, yes or no? I would recommend pre-gens. Always recommend pre-gens. You never know because if you're running a, say, a, five-hour, six-hour slot, depending on the rule system, you don't want to take up that first hour making characters. You really don't. You want to get into it and get going. Now, there are certain game systems where that's okay. If I'm running Swords of Wizardry Light, that's the whole point. You get there, you make a character, you go, because it's so because these systems, the characters you can make, it's so easy to make a, and simple to make a character. It takes maybe 15, 20 minutes of game time. No problem. But if you want to do pre-gens, that's fine, too. 
and also level of characters. You got to decide. I usually put a range. Mine's one to three because sometimes you need somebody with a little more oomph to help out the, the people who are playing like the first levels. And if I'm going to do a range like one to three levels, I'm probably going to have pre-gens because I don't want everybody to write up a third level character. I don't want everybody to write up a first level character. I want to, I want a range of levels and things like that. Now, Mutant Future, certain games like Gamma World, Mutant Future stuff, it's kind of hard to do to do the pre-gens because you've got the mutations, Fierce and Human, or you're going to play a, a mutated animal or plant or just to play with this that, and the other thing. So there's a lot more choices you have to make, which is okay with me as a game master because I can do all that before the, before they go away, before the game, months before the game. So you put down a range of levels and also the world slash setting, which I call mine the disunited states. Just if you're playing in Forgotten Realms, put Forgotten Realms, put your own world, just put the name there. They'll figure it out at the table. Oh, what's an Earth? It's my world. Okay, fine. And if there's any other information that the characters need to know, I, I do this based on because the North Texas guys have this database service they use that this is how they write them up. Okay, game info. Now, here's the part where I say I'm not, I haven't really mastered the art of the game description because mine tend to be a little wordy. I also put it online in their system because there's a form there saying brief description and then there's game info. I always write the game info and try and work backwards and kind of condense it down for the, the brief, the, the short version. So my game info goes something like this. Barter Jaws Acquisitions Crew, which is the player characters, have been sent down to Nolan's Way to help a buddy of his. Old Cracker Jim's workers found some kind of metal trap door or something in the middle of the bayou, and they need help opening it. With all the mutated wildlife, not to mention those Brock, Clockwatcher, Bone Rands, and them pumpkin heads of theirs wandering around, they'll need plenty of help for sure. Plenty of mystery and head whopping all to a Zydeco beat. La lay les bon temps rouler. And I probably mispronounced it, but it's uh, occasion for let the good times roll. So that's my paragraph. I wouldn't write more than that. In fact, that's may you know, that pretty much sets up the premise right there. And it gave way too much. The last game I ran, I remember there, I thought I gave the whole damn thing away <laughs> in, the, in that one paragraph, what was going on. But you know, kind of just do the basic plot and tell them just as much as they need to know. And then from there, you can do the, the short version. So that's pretty much how to how I write up a con description, convention description for a game. So go ahead. Hope, hope it's useful to you. And time for me to start my day. Yeah. Okay. So if you want to talk to me about this, send me an email at oldmangrogner at gmail.com or send me a voicemail at Anchor. We're monetized, so as little as 99 cents a month, you can support this program, and I would appreciate it. So, until I see you next time, keep the dice warm, and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Questions? Comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. We'll see you next time when Radio Grognard is on the air.